Today is Friday, November 17th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Americans on TikTok are agreeing with Osama bin Laden. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. You can email us as well. Quick Start Podcast at CBN.org. Joining me now, Trey Gomes Phillips. To get through the news of the cry, Billy's off today. How's it going, Trey? What's up? Well, okay, so people on TikTok, the average age is like 13. How do they even know who Osama bin this Laden is? is? I, but, I mean, I'm good. I'm having a good day so far. Yeah, no, I mean, I saw this uh, the other night and I just, I, well, we'll address it, but it's, it's, we're the dumbest generation right now, collectively, <laughs> yes. as a whole. You're not, as a listener to this podcast, we're not, collectively, as a whole. I mean, when you hear this, if you haven't seen it, it's going to blow your mind and it's just terrible. But um, we got a lot to get to, including that. But there's some positive news. Tim Allen, Trey, for the focus story. Yeah. So Tim Allen is conservative, but he's also a Christian. Uh, and he's putting Jesus center stage on his Disney Plus series, which if we followed anything about Disney. Yeah. They're not too excited about a Christian theme, but uh, it's cool to see it uh, there nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to the details on that. Also on the main thing, what was found at Al Shifa Hospital? A lot of debate on that online. CBN's Gary Lane caught up with Dan Senor to talk about that on today's main thing. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. The IDF says they found the body of a hostage taken in Hamas's October 7th attacks. This happened earlier this week. Um, the body was found in a building adjacent to the Al-Shifa hospital, which Israel says Hamas had been using as a headquarters until early this week. Soldiers searching the building say they also found military equipment, including Kalashnikov rifles and RPGs inside. Yehudit Weiss was one of roughly 240 people taken hostage during the massacre. She's now among a small number of hostages confirmed to have been killed since Israel's war on Hamas has commenced. And a sign of the times, the text of a letter to America from 9-11 mastermind and terrorist Osama bin Laden. It's gone viral on TikTok. And the worst part is all these people are praising it. U.S. lawmakers from both sides of the aisle are calling the China-owned app. They're calling them out for promoting, quote, terrorist propaganda. In the letter, bin Laden claimed a bunch of things. He said he orchestrated the attack. It killed 3,000 people. And he said they did it because the U.S. attacked us in Palestine. He said bin Laden called the creation of Israel a crime which must be erased. And he also claimed that the AIDS epidemic was a satanic American invention. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out more over at CBNnews.com. Trey, this trend and this viral trend on TikTok, which I cannot. I've not even approached TikTok because just because of the whole China stuff. I don't need them. They've already got the balloons flying over our countries all the time. I don't need them spying on me anymore. But this letter from bin Laden, which I wasn't really familiar with. I don't remember. I mean, I was early in my news career on 9-11, so I covered it. But I don't remember. I don't remember the letter coming out. I don't remember because the letter was written in the years after 9/11, and he took credit for it, et cetera, et cetera. But you're watching these people, and they say young people. The ones I saw, they were probably people in their 20s, maybe. So clearly, they were youngsters when 9/11 happened. But I mean, it's 
to sit there and watch it and go, oh, they're saying it. This has totally changed my entire worldview. Basically saying, you know, Bin Laden has a point. And it's like, are you kidding me? Are you absolutely kidding me? And it just, to me, goes to show when you have so much indoctrination happening in our universities and our public schools and the hatred for America that's promoted right now that you can get to a place where we see Israel getting attacked and then a week later we've got everyone yelling at Israel for striking back. And then now you have them agreeing with Osama bin Laden. It's um, it's sad, but I can't even say it's that surprising, Trey, given all the indoctrination we're getting. Well, I mean, okay, first of all, I don't care what Osama bin Laden is saying. It's Osama right. bin Laden. It's so I'm Osama. not going to take it as like, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Like even, even, even if what he was saying was in any way remotely reasonable. Right. You are Osama bin Laden, so I don't really care what you have to say, right. and I'm I'm going to dismiss it immediately. The most notorious, uh, you know, terrorist mastermind of at least our generation, uh, as of yet, <laughs> is Osama bin Laden. So why why would you trust anything right. he's saying? One, but two, it's on. Okay, this video that's on TikTok. TikTok is a short form video platform, so you can't be getting much context at all. And then the people who are consuming TikTok are very young. It's Gen Z and younger. Uh, so they don't have any sort of experiential experience or knowledge of 9-11 or Osama bin Laden. So that's even less context. But it's it's still, even with all of that lack of information, the fact that this kind of information can spread and prolifer uh, proliferate uh, and and make the rounds, I think, should be concerning. It is, yeah. Regardless of where you fall politically. Yeah, and and look, a lot of it was anti-Semitic. I mean, it was yeah. Jews control your policies, your media, your economy. I mean, to, to sit here and even... The fact that someone can feel comfortable putting their face on a camera and going, you know, and to he your point, point. <laughs> yeah, to your point, just for the fact of what he did, regardless right. of the point, like you said, that alone should give you pause that people are willing to put themselves on camera and saying that. And then secondarily, the point he's making is all anti-Semitic tropes. Yeah, not so, a good point at no, all. No. And and look, there's never a justification. This is exactly the type of um, ridiculous thinking that leads to people saying, well, you know, Hamas, They, I saw someone say, this was like a professor or something, I forget which one, but he was essentially justifying, He said, and he said, Look at the the occupation of that Israel has on on Palestine. It's why Hamas had to do what they did. No, no, you never have to go kill a bunch of innocent people. Never. You just never right. have to do it, right? This yeah. is something that is a non-starter. But when you don't have faith, when you don't answer to a higher power, when you're not a Christian, I would submit you leave yourself susceptible to these sorts of ideologies that can justify horrible, horrible things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess the good news here is TikTok did, they have worked to take the video down. Um, they've said that it violates their rules because it supports terrorism. Uh, so at least there's that, that TikTok has supposedly removed it. But unfortunately, according to one CNN article I read, that video had at least one version of that video had been viewed and shared like what I think is somewhere like 1.6 million times. So it was that already like the main one, because my understanding was the, the content of the bin Laden stuff was, I think 
Daily Mail or the Telegraph, one of those published this letter from bin Laden. And then all these people started responding to it. So there's like a lot of people out there going, yes. you know what? So right. but I guess one of them well, was, sort of was the main say, culprit like, going viral. There was one video that took took that letter that had been posted by Daily Mail or whatever and kind of did an explainer on it. And it kind gotcha. of it spread like wildfire. And then, of course, there are copycat versions of that that are also everywhere. Uh, but the original one, I guess, TikTok has taken down and okay. they've said it violates their rules. But again, it doesn't matter because it's like, you know, the damage has already been done. Yes. It's like on, on Twitter when people would post one yes. tweet that was wildly inaccurate. And then they would post like, you know, two hours later, the correction on the Washington Post or New York, like whatever outlet it was, like, oh, this was actually inaccurate. The the correction gets like four retweets, whereas the original inaccurate tweet, which they left up, has gotten 200,000 right. retweets. Always. Yes, always, always the case. So really disturbing stuff. And I mean, I think it just gives you sort of an indication as to where we're at as a culture. And look, I mean, I think it, it's got to give you pause on a lot of fronts to what you're letting your kids have access to if you're not monitoring it you need to be because i mean the thinking that is being put forth is really really troubling so all right we're going to move on though to the focus story now on a more positive note as we're heading into the, the holiday season now how is the true meaning of christmas taking center stage in a new disney plus series which as you said at the top tray We've seen Disney's sort of ideolo ideological sort of leanings. I can't imagine they're thrilled about this, but nevertheless, here we are. Which, that, it's an interesting place for Disney to be in. One, it's crazy that we're already almost into the holiday season. Like Thanksgiving is next week. It seems so early this yes. year, but... Um, anyway, yeah, it's interesting to see the shift that Disney has taken over the last several years because Walt Disney himself was more conservative. He wanted to put biblical values and principles in entertainment so that his kids would have something wholesome to consume. Oh man, and, he's and then, not just to interject, Trey. Walt Disney has probably rolled over in his grave so yes. many times he's got a hole down to the core of the earth by now. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I was going to say. It's like, if he was alive today, one, he wouldn't be letting this happen if no. he was alive today, but he would be so disturbed by what his company, and I'm sure heartbroken by what his company has has turned into over the last several years, but there is still, uh, there are still some instances and glimmers of of hope. And I think this is one of them. So uh, Tim Allen obviously became a, a superstar to a lot of people in uh, the late 90s or mid 90s, early 2000s with the Santa Claus series of films. There's one in the original was in 1994, then 2002, and then 2006. So that trilogy is super popular. And last year, he reprised that role as Santa Claus uh, in a streaming series on Disney plus called the Santa clauses. Uh, and then uh, that was very popular. So then Disney plus decided we'll move forward with season two this year. And the first two episodes of that season just premiered at the beginning of this month. Uh, so that's kind of the backstory. And by the way, in the first season, there was also a reference to the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, and Tim Allen wanted to make sure that even in the very first premiere episodes of season two, uh, the true meaning of Christmas was center stage yet again. So in the second episode of this latest season, uh, one of the elves in the North Pole, which is where this all takes place at Santa's workshop, Tim Allen obviously is Santa Claus. One of the elves there is tasked with explaining to Santa Claus the origin and true meaning of Christmas. 
Uh, and in the second episode, one that elf goes up to Santa and says, what we know as Santa all began with St. Nicholas, and then talks about, of course, uh, the, the Catholic saint, St. Nicholas, uh, and, and some of that origin story. And then the elf goes on to say that St. Nicholas uh, was famous because he was honoring the birth of Jesus and then explains a little bit more uh, about that. So it's really cool to see in a Disney Plus series where you're not getting a whole lot of faith-based content and you're getting a lot of left-leaning, woke, uh, like agenda-driven dialogue in all of these series to see something like this, the Santa Clauses, which is, of course, still a whimsical, like it's it's a lot of make-believe stuff because it is focused on Santa. But even in the midst of that, right at the beginning, uh, they're again pointing to the true meaning of Christmas, which, of course, is Jesus. So not only have they done that in season one, but they're doing it again this year in season two, which I think is an encouragement. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because you'd think that a place like Disney Plus, you know, would want to realize that, hey, a significant population of the country is Christian or identifies as Christian. So why wouldn't you at least um, include some stuff to cater to that audience, right? And to, even if it still has that whimsical Disney vibe as you were talking about, right? But throw shades of Christianity, which of course what Walt Disney has done in the past. But now it's it just shows that they're so ideological now that they they don't even want to consider that because they would consider that bad. They're sort of like choosing sides now, right? Instead of trying to cater to an audience. So it's it's very interesting to see that this is happening. What has Tim Allen said about it? Yeah, so well, Tim Allen is the executive producer or one of the executive producers of the show. So I think that probably has something to do with the fact that Jesus is in the center of both seasons. Is Tim Allen is conservative, but he's more importantly a Christian. Uh, so he's not going to go through a series that's focusing on the Christmas story without talking about the actual meaning of Christmas. So uh, we covered this last year when it happened, but Tim Allen did an interview with uh, The Wrap, uh, an entertainment media outlet. uh, And he said it originally, talking about the first season of the series, The Santa Clauses, he said it originally had a lot of otherworldly characters and ghosts and goblins in it. He said, I said, no, this is Christmas. It's Christmas. It literally is a religious holiday. He said, we don't have to blow trumpets, but I do want to acknowledge it. uh, that this is what it's all about. He said, if you want to get into Santa Claus, you're going to have to go back to history and and it's all about religion. So he wanted to make sure that regardless of what the storyline looked like, it wasn't going to be anything dark. It wasn't going to be anything that would be you know in any way negative. Uh, he wanted to make sure that it was fun. It was whimsical. It was all the Disney stuff, the Hallmark Disney stuff you yeah. look for, but also that it pointed to the true meaning of Christmas. And it's cool to see certain celebrities like Tim Allen using their platform and saying, look, I know I've got a space and I know there are people watching and listening. I'm going to use the space that I've been given to point people to Jesus. Yeah, that's really great. And uh, hopefully it makes some sort of an impact to all the folks uh, over there on Disney Plus. And it's it's good to see, you know, when you have something that at least offers a counter to all of the chaos that we're seeing from usual programming in places like Disney Plus. So appreciate you, appreciate you putting that one on the radar today, Trey. And we're going to head over to the main thing now. And what was found at Al-Shifa Hospital? There's a lot of debate happening on that right now. Critics of Israel demanding more and more proof. Well, CBN's Gary Lane talked with Dan Senor on today's main thing to find out and talk about exactly what Israel has found there so far and what it all means. That's today's main thing. 
Israeli troops moved in to clear out Hamas terrorists from the Al-Shifa hospital. What they found there went way beyond medical equipment. They discovered weapons and munitions for launching attacks against Israelis. Joining us with more is columnist, author, political advisor, and former Pentagon official Dan Senor. He's co-author of the new book, The Genius of Israel. Dan, it's good to have you in the studio with us. Great to be with you. Quick question for you on this, because the Geneva Convention, Article 18, says hospitals cannot be attacked only if they're being used to uh, launch rockets. So were they being used to wa uh, launch rockets here, Al-Shifa? Absolutely. We know that they kept armaments in Al-Shifa. They know that senior commandos and senior leadership of Hamas, who have been plotting and planning and managing the invasion of Israel, were doing it from underneath Al-Shifa. And we know at various times they've been launching armaments from Al-Shifa. So Israel's put in this impossible situation, which is everyone seems to say Israel has a right to self-defense. Certainly many governments in the West say Israel has a right to self-defense. Well, self-defense means getting rid of the enemy. That's the only way Israel can defend itself if it gets rid of this genocidal actor on its border. And that genocidal actor is purposely co-locating in a hospital. And so Israel has to decide we have to take out the enemy to defend ourselves against this genocidal attempt, which means, you know, dealing with this hospital where the, where the commanders of the war against Israel are running their operation. And even the Biden administration has said that. If you look at the briefings in recent days from administration officials, they say, look, we know what Al-Shifa Hospital has been used as. It's purposely being used as a headquarters to wage this war against Israel. And they took care to get the people out of there. Yeah, they, they worked on getting people out of there, and they tried to get fuel to the, to the hospital. And the leaders of the hospital were told by Hamas, don't accept the fuel. Don't accept the fuel from the Israelis because they did not want Israel to get a quote-unquote PR win for giving fuel to the hospital. Israel's not looking for a PR win. Israel is actually looking to fight this war in, in as humanitarian a way as possible. Save as many lives as possible. Exactly. But Hamas didn't seem to care about it. No, because Hamas, for Hamas, these people's lives are just chess, you know, pieces on a chessboard. The irony is that, that these Hamas commanders are sending the rank and file of the Palestinian people in Gaza to participate in some kind of death cult in their attacks on Israel while they themselves live in this very comfortable, you know, areas and, and, and villas and, and live in, you know, very affluent surroundings. Well, under your book, The Genius of Israel, you mentioned, and I've read it, it's very good, by Thank the way. Thank you. I, I read it, and, and in it you talk about Israelis being ranked by the United Nations as the fourth happiest people on Earth. Out yeah. of the 150 countries, they're right. the fourth happiest. Right. Is that still continuing despite Gaza and everything that's going on October 7th? Israel has been, I say it's the nicest thing the United Nations has ever said about Israel. They are the fourth happiest people in the world. They, they, over the last number of years, they've been among the top 10 out of 150 countries. So even while Israel has been dealing with all this stress, violence, terrorism, people wanting to wipe them off the map, surrounded by enemies in a state of war since its founding, with all domestic political division, even with all that tension, Israelis are still happy. Now, what does it mean that they're happy? What we argue in our book is it's happiness is, is almost the wrong word. It's about life satisfaction. It's about living with purpose. It's about living with meaning. That's where joy and reward in life comes from. And what we explain in our book is how Israelis manage to live with purpose. Why do they live with purpose? Why do they feel a connection to each other, to their families, to their community, and to their country, and to their country's role in the world? 
how does that affect their, their overall attitude towards life? And I think it affects it in a very positive way, even when they're dealing with tragedy. What I find interesting is you mentioned even secular Jews who would never go to synagogue, they're staying at home on Shabbat right. and enjoying a Sabbath meal with their families. Yeah, so in Israel, as we lay out, lay out in the book, most Israeli Jews, whether they're very religious or very secular, every Friday night the country basically shuts down and you've been there, you've experienced it, and they spend time with their family, multiple generations, usually two, three, sometimes four generations, getting together every Friday night for a traditional meal. And what does that do? It does a few things. One, it keeps families together across generations, young people interacting with older people, older people interacting with younger people on a regular basis so they don't feel isolated, intergenerational connection. Two, they're experiencing a ritual that's important to their family that they know the whole country is sharing at the same time. We call the chapter of that, uh, it's, it's one of my two favorite chapters in the book, we call that chapter Thanksgiving every week. In Israel there's a Thanksgiving dinner every week. And you feel that the whole country is experiencing it. I feel in the United States we've lost a lot of our national rituals where we've, we're doing something that we feel the whole country is experiencing at the same time. It gives you a, con a connection to everyone in the country. That's what the Friday night Shabbat dinner is about in Israel. It's about the resilience of Israel, and you're seeing the resilience right now, and the book explains where the resilience comes from. Okay, the book is The Genius of Israel, an example to us all, an interesting read. Learn more about it and America's best friends in the Middle East. Dan Senor, thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, Gary, appreciate that conversation, that interview there. And that's going to leave us with time for one last thing on the podcast today. Yeah, we're going to look at Titus 2, 7 through 8. It says, show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil mm -hmm. to say about us. It's just a good reminder that as Christians, uh, we have to be more than just talk, right? We have to actually let the Holy Spirit convict us and sanctify us over time. Yeah, and, and look, I know a lot of people... Um, Obviously, it was a lot of Jewish people at this uh, rally in D.C. over the earlier this week. But when you looked at that contrast, you know, it was really stark. You see these angry people who are yelling stuff and defacing stuff and, and doing violent acts at these you know, pro-Hamas type protests. And um, it just kind of to me, that's just like a quick example of like, hey, when you act the right way, it's going to put the other people to shame. So, all right, Lord willing, that creek don't rise. We'll be back tomorrow with more. God bless. Actually, not tomorrow. Have a great weekend.